Welcome back to the morning chat on WAOV 97.7. 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, 97.3 FM in Washington. Our next guests, we have Missy Halter and Jane Teague here from, well, it's Nurses on a Mission. Welcome back, yes, ladies. Thanks. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for you. having us. Year number, I knew you guys were discussing it. So. Uh, well, it's been 10 years since we started doing uh, mission mm. trips, but this will be actually be our eighth one because, because we missed two years for because of COVID. Yeah, darn yeah. pandemic. Yeah, kind of ruined yeah, things, it didn't it? It did, it did. Yeah. But during that time, though, I mean, you guys just didn't sit idly by, did you? I mean, did you start thinking about a trip the next year? Or? I think we did. We talked about it, and we got kind of a slow start, so it kind of postponed it a year. So last year, we were really glad to get back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I always wonder what people do during that pandemic when they couldn't have an event. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's 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 just go back to the beginning. Let's do Nurses on a Mission 101. What is it? <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Nurses on a Mission uh, is a group of healthcare professionals. Uh, We travel with Foundation for Peace, an organization that we have come to love. They're very organized and keep us safe, and it's just a wonderful organization to work with. So it's healthcare professionals, mainly nurses. We're going to take a a physical therapy assistant with us again this year, which was great last year. And we go to the Dominican uh, near Santo Domingo, and we do clinics or home visits. Last year, for the first time, we did several days of home visits where we actually went into people's homes, did a health assessment, and then provided medication or whatever they needed for their health care. So it was really exciting. Was, every year's good. different, but every year's wonderful. How did this get started? Did you guys just say one day, like, we need to do a mission trip somewhere? And, you know, I mean, seriously, yeah. first of all, I don't hear a lot of people go to the Dominican Republic. And that's and that's what really catches me. Right. Yeah. Well, um, the Dominican Republic is a really um, I would consider a third world country, but it is really impoverished. And a lot of people that go there on vacation and they only see the nice, luxurious resorts, they don't really see how the people in country live. So um, it really is it really is a poor country, and the people are really really deprived. And it all kind of started, I think, in the nursing program with because uh, some of us are nursing faculty and a, a big push in nursing education now is like cross-cultural education and cultural diversity and uh, I think all of us have kind of you know compassionate hearts we we want to serve people and we just I think one time in a faculty meeting we're mm-hmm. like why don't we do a mission trip and that's how, how it got started wow it, again once it gets started then it, every year you ask yourselves are we going to do it again and every year you say yep yeah, That's pretty right. much. Yeah, yeah. It, but, it gets tough right before we go because there's a lot of it's a labor of love, and <laughs> and then when you when you get back, you're like, wow, you know, we're gonna we're we're going back next year, and everybody usually at the end of the mission trip, you know, says we're going back next year because it's so we get we get more out of it really than what we give Definitely. yeah okay now the students are they offered an opportunity to go yes absolutely mm-hmm. all of our senior nursing students are welcome to go and we we start informing them of that their freshman year so they can start saving money and start planning for that and um, yeah so our senior mostly our asn students and we've had some students from some other programs that are welcome to go and again it's it's a they're they're going on a volunteer to, their volunteer time with nurses on a mission is it their and spring break it's during their spring break mm-hmm. yes during their spring break they, they volunteer and go with us and then we've had some people in the community some other nurses that have wanted to go and um 
you know, various people in the community have, have joined us too. We have a lot of our past students, we call them Nurses on a Mission alum, <laughs> that come back and they can't wait to go again when they're out making money this time. Right, so yeah. we have a lot of alum go back and exactly. some of them have gone back six Four, times. Four or five, six or, yeah. times. They're not going to see this in the States. I mean, no. It, no. it's got to be that inner challenge, I would think. Right. Yeah, I, I think you know, in the United States, we do. We certainly have people in need, um, but we we do. Most communities and towns have some resources and some clinics for people without health insurance, and um, it, it's just in in a country like that. There's just is nothing. They live out in remote areas. They may get to a clinic once a year, if that. They don't have transportation, and really, um, they just don't have medication costs. Uh, we've been told that a, a an antibiotic might cost what three dollars a capsule you know and they need several so when we go down we give them the antibiotics they need or whatever that is so how do you know prior to going how much supplies to take how many people you're going to see i mean (laughs) is this really is this just based on the year before last time you went or or does somebody help you out down there? Or? Yeah, experience over the years, we've we've really got a handle on how much we need to take. And the Foundation for Peace has infrastructure down there. They have a full-time missionary, Kristen, who lives down there. She's from the United States, and she goes out and organizes the clinic in the villages for us and gets people to sign up and families to sign up and she'll tell us approximately how many people to plan for each clinic day so then we know and they tell us about approximately how many antibiotics to bring how many vitamins to bring and um, various medications that we take so it's it's an estimate we we do what we, we give what we can give okay now are they in a situation that we are here in in the states with uh, COVID and influenza and, and just things like that or mm-hmm. I know they probably have a little bit more but yeah. do they still face those challenges as well? I think they do I'm not sure that the by the time we get there in the spring it's not really flu season down there uh, but they did have uh, issues with COVID mm-hmm. just as, as we do and uh, they were very um, I'm going to say like um, tight on um, you know, requiring vaccinations and masking and things during COVID because they didn't, they don't have hospitals with ventilators to support people right. that get it. So they really push prevention. That's mm-hmm. my point. They really push prevention um, with people in the country because, you know, they didn't have the resources to cure you if you did get COVID. Think back to the first time you went down there. What was your initial reaction? <laughs> Uh, it was it was scary the first time we went down I mean we didn't know what to expect we didn't know if we would be safe I mean there were a lot of uh, little jitters (laughs) but um, I think we all came to love the people we noticed how uh, they had so very little and I remember one student saying that she her mom said aren't isn't it really sad and she said driving into the communities and seeing the way they live, the housing and dirt floors. And she said it was sad, but she said when I'm on the bus going out of the community and I realize how much joy these people have with so little, it, 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 I'm happy for them, you know, sure. and realizing that we um, aren't as thankful for things, right. for sure. Really? I, yeah. Now, are a majority of what you do down there, are the vaccinations? 
Uh, no, we no. actually don't take vaccinations. The majority is medications, um, a lot of health education, um, health prevention. We do, you know, like blood pressures and a lot, uh, treat a lot of skin diseases and skin issues that they have. They have a lot of fungal infections, a lot of wounds that are open and have not been to the doctor because of a big open wound. We take a lot of vitamins. Vitamins. Yeah, nutrition is a concern down there. So they really rely on vitamins to help with all of the nutrients that they need. And and vitamins are like gold tablets Mm -hmm. to them. And some of the people that aren't sick will wait in line all day in a hot clinic line just to get a bag of vitamins um, because they they need it for their nutrition. And we give uh, Tylenol and Motrin. And these are people who are... Uh, work hard, you know, and don't have anything when they have a backache or anything like that. Right. We take Tylenol for babies and children, mm-hmm. so, yeah. You know, the other thing i got to ask you is your safety. You go down there, and you don't know what's down there. I mean, how do you guys go down there prepared from that aspect? I mean, you get your shots and everything ready ahead of time? And- yeah, most of, you know, nurses have their vaccinations anyway because they're required for most, you know, for school and for employment. So our participants are vaccinated. But we've just come to know that the Foundation for Peace really only take us in environments that they feel that they're safe. And they do provide security for us. We have... Um, security guards everywhere we go in our clinics and and even when we go to the beach for a little relaxing afternoon to kind of debrief for a while we have security with us so we definitely feel safe with the foundation Mm -hmm. for peace and just trust that they'll keep us safe and prayer will keep us safe okay take take us to the dateline as far as now when you leave and when you come back i'm just curious on that yeah we're leaving uh, march 1st and we're coming back march the 6th so we leave right at the start of eu spring break and then we get back a few days before spring break is over because we often students and faculty we you, you kind of go through a, a debriefing process where you really think hard on what all you've seen and what all you've experienced that week and sometimes there's a guilt factor involved in just getting back to the united states and having flushing toilets and running water and warm showers and and you really feel for people that live without that and so we all need a couple days before we go back to work and go back to school (laughs) okay so your flight is out of indy or i mean we do fly out we we've flown out of evansville which is really convenient but the last couple years it's just been more economically uh correct to fly out of indy so we'll fly out of indy i think we have to be at the airport at 3.30 in the morning is the it, day we leave. Is there a direct flight? To no, no. We'll go through Miami. Miami, yeah. And then we'll uh, fly back and get in about midnight. So, yeah. Okay. I've never been to the Dominic, so I'll never know. But, I mean, I, that's, that's, I was thought there might be a layover somewhere, Atlanta, yeah. Miami, or wherever. But, uh, wow, that, that's, that's a busy, jam-packed days. I mean, do you, ever, do you guys ever get to the beach? Honestly, uh, they do usually provide one kind of uh, free day or at least a free afternoon for us so that because it is spring break for the students and we want them to, you know, not that the, the, they're definitely having fun uh, throughout the day in the clinics, but just so we can all kind of decompress and relax and have some time together. So they've taken us to a waterfall before mm-hmm. and they've taken us to the beach and um, we, they also take us to visit an orphanage and we've uh, seen those children in the found. Um, the House of Light is a 
an orphanage in the Santa Domingo, and we've seen those children every year that we've went. So we've watched them grow up, and that's always a, um, a neat experience mm-hmm. to go and give the kids in the orphanage some love for the afternoon. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll have more after this on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV. Missy Halter and Jane Tink, our guests, here are nurses on a mission. And, you know, we're talking about everything you got to do, but uh, it does cost some money to do this, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it sure does. does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it is time to talk about some fundraising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which we do. We take lots of medications and um, lots of medical supplies and... Um, we make family packs mm-hmm. for the people. So we were in one community one time, and they'd never seen a Band-Aid before. So right. we mm-hmm. put together a pack for them with some hygiene items mm-hmm. and yeah. Band-Aids and yeah. that kind of they've thing. They've never so. seen a Band-Aid? No, really? no, no wow. they've never seen a Band-Aid, no. Wow. And and even the baggies, like the Ziploc oh baggies, sometimes they'll just play with the baggies. The little just kids look will at forever them. because <laughs> they probably you know haven't had the luxury of living in a community where they had a convenience mm-hmm. store to sell Ziploc baggies so mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah crazy what, amazing, what we see yeah. amazing yeah yeah so anyway it does take takes a village takes a lot of money to to um, purchase all the supplies medications and hygiene items to take down there so we sell coffee and we do some uh, other small fundraisers and we have some generous uh, givers in the community good samaritan hospital donates a lot of medical supplies and wound care items and um, assessment items that we need and so um, we're really appreciative of their generous support over the years and williams brothers uh, is donating uh, like 40,000 vitamins there's some <laughs> astronomical amount of vitamins for us because again i mentioned that vitamins are a hot item down there for the nutrition issues that they have and, and um, lots of community churches have supported us financially and um, St. Francis Xavier Catholic Parish is letting us host our annual rummage sale uh, at their parish hall so we're thankful for that too so yeah so our rummage sale is our big really our biggest fundraiser where we make the most money and uh, that's an indoor rummage sale that we have and that's going to be January 27th Saturday um, from 7 a.m. AM to noon at 106 South 3rd Street, again at St. Francis Xavier um, Catholic Parish Hall and here in Vincennes. And we have, uh, again, generous people that donate their stuff or their junk or stuff they want to part with. And we're always happy to take uh, that off people's hands. And we put it in our rummage sale. And for the most part, we don't take time to mark anything because we have so much stuff to sell. And we're doing this just for a fundraiser. We just really want people to come and shop and give us a, you know, a, a donation, a reasonable donation for any of the goods that they take from our sale well that's great that's great now let's say um, i'm listening to this saying okay i gotta go through and get some stuff okay <laughs> i don't i mean some some stuff i want to take okay i got it all gathered what, what do i do with it now 
right? Yeah. You bring it to us, and we'll take it out of your car for you, or your truck, or your semi. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay when, do, when do I do that? Drop them off on Friday, January 26th, between the hours of 8 and 4. We'll be at 106 South 3rd Street, and uh, we'll come out and haul it in for you, and thank you very much, and we'll be grateful for that. So bring uh, it in. I mean, that's... Okay, um, and then the remember so you said where's it at again? It's at 106 South Third Street, Three. which is St. Francis Xavier, Xavier Parish Hall. Okay, yeah. guys, I, I wasn't familiar with that numbers. It's like yeah. I know where it's at. I'm like, yeah. okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the education I get from you two is amazing. <laughs> Just wow. well, we try. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Don't know. I know it. Okay, I, I will go back to the students again because uh, I think this is such a great opportunity. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell the ones who it's their first year, their second year, or going or whatever, right? Can't you? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then those ones. You know, if, if I was going for a first time, I would be apprehensive because mm-hmm. sure. the unknown. You right. know it. Right. Right. And they are. I think they're a little scared. Some of them have never flown, so they have to get over that. Mm-hmm. Some have first. never been out of the country. Right. So never they been have out to get country. a passport. Right. We had one student one time who had never seen the ocean. Right. And so that was her first time to right. see the ocean yeah. in the Dominican with us, which was kind of special. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have monthly meetings to pr- we kind of build on our meetings and prepare them for what to expect and what to pack and what it's going to look like and. How, you know, what we're going to eat, how we're going to be taken care of, how we're going to serve. So We talk mm. about, when you said eating, I thought of, we talk about American portions of food versus Dominican portions of food. The first year we were down there, we would go through the serving line and eat like Americans and, and then realize that the staff who waits till the very end weren't all getting as much food as they should have mm-hmm. because we were... We were taking too we much. We were taking too much. We were so, taking American portions. So, in fact, yeah. that's on our agenda for next week, American versus DR portions <laughs> of food. Okay, I mean, I did not know that. So, yeah. how much different? Are we talking half? Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. about that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we and never we go hungry. We don't go hungry. No, no. We, ne- we don't go hungry by any means. And I never lose weight. I hope I'll lose <laughs> no, weight when right. I go, but that never seems to happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we just, you know, we go back for seconds a lot in America, or we take big heaping portions when we go through a buffet line, and we just have to keep that into perspective that there are maybe, you know, 30 or 40 people in eating at this one meal, and, and this is all the food on the table is what we have. So we need to be conscious of taking, you know, a, 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 a small portion. It's just a learning process, and I think it also puts in our mind that, you know, we eat very we, generously over yeah. here, and not that's not the case in every country. Mm-hmm. So Okay. I, that's, that's fascinating. I not, didn't know that either. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> When these students are done, and you've mentioned getting debriefed, okay, mm-hmm. what do you hope they get out of this? An understanding of what medicine is really about, or, I mean, is it... I think, um, you know, cross-cultural nursing is, is part of the educational curriculum, and I think meeting people, like, where they are and with their culture and with their beliefs, and, you know, a lot of times they do have some other medical... Um, remedies that we aren't so hot on because in america we would say that isn't really going to work but we try to be respectful of that Mm -hmm. and 
and um, and we worship with uh, the Pentecostals mm-hmm. down there that are, are part of the community where we serve, and that's always very you know spiritual and culturally enlightening for maybe students that haven't experienced that. So it just it, and I think they learn a lot about themselves. You know, I absolutely. think uh, we send out some emails after we get home, and it's like where to flush a toilet and things that we take for granted, or I'll go to Walmart and have a full cart and get teary-eyed when I get to the checkout because I'm like the women that I just saw last week will never have this opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, wow. to even be in a store like that, let alone. So um, we, we get close as a group, as a team. Definitely. We work really well together. I think they learn a lot about themselves in healthcare and in a different country. Mm-hmm. We sometimes tour a hospital, and that's really eye-opening. We right. had pigeons in one hospital flying yeah. around. So I got a friend I went to college with. She had... I uh, started out in broadcasting, went into nursing. Now she's a travel nurse, mm-hmm. okay, and travels across the country. But she, and I asked her about because she's gone to like uh, Hell's Kitchen in New York City, places like that, real tough. Mm-hmm. And I goes, was it real hard there? She goes, nothing compared to Haiti. Mm. Oh right, like, right. I mean, mm-hmm. she goes, that yeah. is different, right? You know, I mean that that you just can't talk about that exactly. And then I feel mm-hmm. like. When you guys are telling me about this, like I've heard this conversation before, but but it's true. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. We have wonderful health care in the United States. We really do. We take it for granted. But when you go to a third world country and see what they have, it, it really is eye opening. Wow. It's, wow. You guys are doing great. That's that's great stuff. These kids are getting a lesson. They'll 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 treasure a mm-hmm. lifetime. We hope so. Well, you mean when they go up for a job interview, what's been your toughest part? I went over to the Dominican Republic and before the doctor says, well, I got a yacht there. No, 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 no. The other side. (laughs) Right. There we go. Yeah. There is another side. That's right. Wow. Okay. We've got about a minute left. Anything else? A rubbish show again is actually it's the 27th, but you drop off stuff the 26th. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll love to take your the stuff off your hands if you can uh, bring it to 106 South Third Street and just pull up. We'll come out and and get it from you, and we'll put it in our our sale. Unfortunately, we don't really have the space to take anything in advance. So Friday is the the main the the only drop off day from eight to four that day, and then Saturday is the sale from seven a.m. to noon. So we definitely need shoppers. So if you are a garage sale or rummage sailor, we get some we get some really we good do. stuff. We do. I mean, I shop at our rummage right. sale. We get some good stuff. Missy, we live in Vincennes. Two things we love: praise and yard sales. Hey, perfect. Perfect. I mean, I mean, perfect. Yes. We, of course, they'll be there. Yeah, awesome. Okay, all right. And again, it's for a good, great cause. It is. It really is. Great cause. All righty. And again, uh, you don't have room, so don't be coming to the university. Go to your guys' offices. (laughs) Here you go. Your offices aren't that big. (laughs) That's right. All right. Hey, appreciate you two coming in. Good luck with everything. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank thank you for what you're doing. Stay tuned. Midday edition is next on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV. 
97.7 FM, 1450 AM. As our next guest, Don Merrill, he is the program chair of the HVAC program at Ivy Tech in Evansville. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. How are you doing? I am doing fine. I am trying to stay warm. <laughs> so It's going to be tougher as, as the weekend goes on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be a challenge. All right. So anyway, let's, let's just go right to it, Don. First of all, what is the HVAC program? Well, uh, a lot of people don't know what HVAC stands for. HVAC, H-V-A-C. HVAC stands for Heating, Ventilation, and Air Conditioning. And that covers things all the way from gas heating, electric heating, oil heating, geothermal heating. And, then, of course, the ventilation covers uh, parts of our industry. Almost every commercial building has requirements, either by the EPA or, or the health administration, that says we have to have so much fresh air coming into the building and exhausting old, stale air. So that's ventilation. Also, we have every restaurant that you ever go to more than likely has a, a grill, McDonald's, and um, we need a vent over the grill that exhausts out the, the grease and the smoke, and that's part of our industry. Heating and air people put in the vent hoods for restaurants. And, of course, air conditioning. Uh, everybody pretty much has an air conditioner in their home and probably in their car, um, but also we get into uh, refrigeration. Every hospital has uh, refrigeration units that have to keep the blood cool. And, of course, keep. Uh, if you've ever had a, a surgery at a hospital, they seem to keep the surgical rooms about 60 degrees. And I was told they do that to keep uh, infection and germs down because of the temperature. So HVAC is everywhere you go. Now, is it, uh, I don't want to say, is it relatively new? It's been around a while, but uh, is there right now just a, a need for those kind of, uh, are they technicians, or, or what do you call them? Well, the way our economy is right now, there's a need anywhere you go in any industry. If you're looking, you know, the medical industry, plumbing, heating and air, welding, um, electrical, the, everybody's hurting for employees that, seems to be that the baby boomers, uh, which were the children born after World War II, ended in 1964, I think. So if you were born in 1964 or before, you were a baby boomer. Well, the baby boomers are, are retiring, and uh, they're, you know, needing service as in, uh, you know, restaurants and, and just things as they live and retire, they still need people helping them. Um, and... Uh, Yes, heating and air is a, one of the fastest-growing and biggest need uh, in industries right now. I was looking on the Bureau of, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics last night on the computer, and they said they expect every year to be 37,700 new jobs every year for the next 10 years in heating and air. Wow, wow. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. You know, you go to Ivy Tech for schooling, of course, but it sounds like your industry changes a lot. So really, you probably have a lot of education continuing once you graduate. Yeah, we try to, we try to ingrain in the students that you're a lifelong learner. Uh, typically, Ivy Tech is going to teach you the fundamentals, and um, we get into some advanced courses, but you're right, Ed, as as the industry changes and as the world changes, things get more advanced. Technology is always improving. 
And, yeah, you, you need to be um, learning as you go. I mean, lots of times many uh, jurisdictions, whether it be Vandenberg County or, or Henderson County or Dubois County or wherever it may be, sometimes those jurisdictions have requirements that you take schooling, you know, one or two classes a year, just to stay active and up-to-date on the latest information. Okay. All right. Now, uh, is this a good career path? And, of course, does it pay well? It's a fantastic career path. I wish it was for everybody, but it's not for everybody. Um, it's, it's a, typically, it's a labor-intensive um, career where you, know, you need to be able to climb ladders, Typically, if you're going to be working in the field, you need to be able to, you know, lift 50 to 70 pounds. Um, some days are long. Uh, typically, most heating air contractors make 70% of their money in June, July, and August. So lots of times, June, July, and August, you'll have lots of overtime. Um, some contractors give you the option whether you want to work that overtime or not, and sometimes they don't. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunity for sure. Yeah, it's not your typical nine to five job and on the golf course in an hour, right? <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work that way. Yeah. And you're on call a lot too, I would imagine. You know that is that is funny. Uh, mm. I, I do a little bit. Uh, I have a side business, so I te- I've been teaching at Ivy Tech for 28 years. But people will contact you because you know they know you're in heating and air. And I haven't had a, a, a late night call for probably two years, and I I was out last night from. <laughs> 12 to 2.30 fixing uh, a widow's air condition or furnace for her. So uh, it doesn't happen very often, but, yeah, we have some um, off-duty or off-hour calls, but that's, that's rare. Yeah. Uh, well, bless your heart. I mean, wow, that's great. It'll be a long day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I do want to get back, though, to the field itself. Uh, it's pretty competitive as far as, you know, businesses, like any business. Uh, so really, they're – Employers are looking for what? Number one, people who are trained, but number two, a lot of different, I guess, characteristics. That's a great question. Um, I think any employer in any industry is looking for someone who, one, will show up to work on time and have good morals and good character. They can communicate well, uh, either with their fellow employees or, or with the customer. I think every industry needs that, including heating and air. But uh, it seems like my experience has been that a contractor, for example, a heating and air contractor, uh, he likes to see a young person, whether it be male or female. It's a challenging career, and it's a wonderful job. I I love heating and air because no day is ever the same. It is not a mundane job. There's always variety and diversity, so uh, you don't get bored in this industry. And the day goes by quick. But uh, it seems like contractors like to see that a young person or a person has taken initiative. And when they see on the on the application, the job application, that this person's taking classes at, at Vincennes or U of E or, or Ivy Tech or USI or Western Kentucky, in whatever career they're going into, that person is taking initiative and, and putting his own skin in the game. You know, he's, he's paying for some schooling. And that person is serious about his, his, uh, his career and his, his goals. And they like to see that. Uh, 
that person will get hired over just somebody walking in and putting an application in for the same job. Right. The other thing is, Don, I, I now this is just personal opinion, but you know, I Vincennes is not a big town. I want to say it's a small town. It's medium sized or whatever. But you know, I have you come in and you do my heating for me. It's time for the air conditioning. You know what? Don did a great job. We're gonna get him to do the AC. You know, my water heater goes out. Hey, let's give Don a call. You know, you get repeat business, don't you? If sure. the service that you provide is good initially, you know, right. there's, there's, there's no do-overs, is there? <laughs> no, you know what I have found is that no matter what industry, your car mechanic, for example, if you find a mechanic that you can trust, uh, I, I tell my students we're selling trust, that that, that person's calling you probably because they trust you and hopefully you have the skills to fix that car or fix that furnace or fix that air conditioner but but building a rapport and initially that that first initial connection that you're proving yourself you've made a good connection and and you are trustworthy and uh, part of that is again being a good character uh, and having high morals and being a good personality but also having skills uh, you need those also, of course. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the degree at Ivy Tech. Uh, first of all, is this a certificate? Is that right? Or is it a, an associate's or what? Yeah, we have, uh, I call them degrees. We have three degrees. The lowest level is a certificate. It's just seven courses. I call it the bread and butter courses. Um, I usually tell students, if you like that, then move up. You know, you're having a good experience with Ivy Tech in those seven courses, and you would like to continue on. We um, have the next degree is the technical certificate. So we add four more classes to those previous seven, and now we have 11 courses that you would take completing with a technical certificate. So we're adding a math, we're adding a couple advanced courses in there, and then we're adding uh, a communications course. If you like how that's going, then we can jump into the two-year associate degree. We take those previous 11 courses that were under the technical certificate, we add 10 more courses, making a total of uh, 21 courses for the associate degree. Typically, people ask me, how long does it take to finish those degrees? Uh, on the certificate and the technical certificate, if you go full-time, you're taking a full-time load, four, five, six classes a semester, you're done in a year mm -hmm. uh, on those certificate and technical certificate. Same thing answers uh, for the associate. If you go full-time, five or six classes a semester, you would complete that in two years. And I would say probably maybe 10% of our students do that because a majority of our students are a little bit non-traditional. They're a little bit older than the average come out of high school uh, students. So our probably average is 28 to 30 years old. They're probably married. They probably have children. They probably have a mortgage, and they're working. So they take classes as a part-time, just two or three classes at a time, and they'll extend that two-year associate degree out to four or four and a half years. Okay. Now, do you get a lot of displaced workers coming to Ivy Tech to go into this? In other words, maybe they've been on a job for 15, 20 years. They just can't stand it. They need a change. And this is something that's always interesting. Maybe they've fooled around with it at their house or whatever. I mean, do you see a lot of those kind of students? Uh, I do. I do see a lot of those. 
uh, I'll never forget one time I had a, a paramedic gentleman. He was a paramedic driver for an ambulance. And thank God I've had two of those. And I don't know what they make, but it's an interesting job. You would think being in the medical field, they would make good money. But he said, I've got to get out of, the, out of this you know, medical industry because there's so much death and blood and horror. He wanted a change of pace. Uh, I see a, a lot of companies like uh, PPG here in Evansville uh, shut down. I think they moved to another part of the country or moved to another country. But a lot of those students or a lot of those uh, employees had lost their jobs and were laid off. Uncle Sam paid for them to come and take classes and, and earn a degree. Uh, coal mines have done that in the past. So, yeah, we get a lot of that. A lot of people find out that that factory job just doesn't, isn't doing what they want for their, you know, their life goals or, or their excitement on their career. So they'll come back and, and check something else out. Yeah. Are any of these classes available at night for people who may have a day job? That's a great question. I get that question often. In the heating air program, we offer almost all the classes during the day for a person who would either is unemployed or is working in the evening. And we offer the same classes in the evening for the people who are working during the day or if they prefer night classes. So we do offer um, probably 80% of my HVAC classes during the day, and then we offer 100% of our classes at night. So we try to cater to to both the night owl and the and the early bird <laughs> wow i i gotta be honest on i do a lot of these interviews i don't think i've ever heard that usually yeah. it's you can maybe be able to pick a class up here or there or go online and get a class but wow you really do cater to both sides of the fence yeah and i, I can't say that ib tech as a whole does that because i'm not familiar with you know the nursing program or the business program but I know my program does that, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, now, when, are, when do these next classes begin? Well, uh, classes start Monday if you <laughs> were really uh, energetic and get everything done. So today's Friday. Monday, I, well, I'll take that back. Monday is Martin Luther King Day. So the college will be closed that day. So classes will start, I think that's the 16th. Mm-hmm. But if that's too early for you, it will be hard to get into classes if you're just now thinking about getting into classes on next Tuesday. So we have a uh, second eight weeks, which will start uh, March, I think it's around March 20th or March, March 18th. So you have about two and a half, of a, if someone's interested, we've got about a two and a half month uh, set up period of time for them to get registered and get enrolled for March 18th. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that should give you a little bit of time then, should it? Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, final question. Do you get a lot of high school graduates doing this? Uh, when I first start, yes. The answer is yes. When I first started, our, our average um, student age was around 35 or 38. It's what <laughs> I was told. And I think it's coming down quite a bit. I teach typically the day classes, and then I have we've hired a, a, a new gentleman uh, who has been in the field 15 years, and he does a lot of the night classes. Uh, but our day classes are typically younger students who are right out of high school, and I would say it's about 40% young day students and about 60% night students that are probably in their mid-20s or mid-30s compared to the 18 and uh, 22 year old yeah during the day okay all right if anybody has any questions <clears throat> excuse me who do they contact well if they're interested in heating and air 
they can call this number. It'd be 812-429-1470. I'll give that again, 812-429-1470. And that'll connect me directly, and I'll be glad to help anybody and answer any questions. Um, there's another website, and, well, the phone number there for just Ivy Tech admissions is 812 429 1432. Again, that's 812-429-1432. And that would just to be uh, talk about any program here at the college and ask questions uh, about the college. Or if they wanted to go to um, the website, it looks like they've given me its link, L-I-N-K dot Ivy Tech dot E-D-U slash R-F-I. Okay. And again, get those applications in now, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be too early if you're looking to, to take the second eight-week classes, which right. start March 18th. Uh, wouldn't procrastinate. Uh, typically, we would. Uh, what you would do is you would go to the Ivy Tech homepage website. At the top of the page, it says Enroll Now, and you would click on that or it says apply now. And and what you'll do is you'll fill out an application to the college, your name, your address, all the information, and then that will forward electronically to uh, the registrar's office. usually takes about uh, 24 to 48 hours for that to process. Once that processes, you're ready to enroll for classes. So um, if things work well, you could be enrolled in two or three days. Um, but sometimes there's glitches that uh, happen Start as soon as you could because you never know if some classes are going to be filled uh, or canceled by March 18th. Yeah. Okay. Don, appreciate your time today and continue good luck at Ivy Tech. Well, thank you for having me. Have a great day and stay warm this weekend. All righty. Stay tuned. More of the morning chat coming up on WAOV.